border dry and mud. But there once was a time when you were the one. Yes, he fumbles the light switch. It's just another minor hitch. Wishes to God he was dead, but you can't be too strong. Oh dear, puffed Sad Sack. All this excitement doesn't agree with me. I'm half the doll I used to be. And welcome to Earbuds and Earworms. I'm Amy Sadsack Shepherd, and this is Mitchell Manley, lover of all things lacrimose. Yeah, it's, it's a good a yeah, good word. Tearful, good. like having to do with crying and tears. Yeah, also reminds me of um those kids that bad things happen to all the time. Series of unfortunate events. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Lake Lacrimose. Oh, nice. Yeah. I didn't know about that. Yeah, I think that's the third book. It's a good word. Yeah, no, it's pretty good. And also, fun to say, not fun to be. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, obviously, this week is Sad Songs. It's the second time we've done Sad Songs. Yeah. But it was before you came. Right, so this is really the first time of <laughs> note. Of note. Sorry, Jason V. <laughs> no, it was uh, Josh Huddleston. Oh, 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 yeah, that's right. You yeah, told me that. Yeah, it's one of, the, one of the many J's that have featured in our show. What's your middle name? Mitchell is actually my middle name. My first name is Ronnie. Ronnie, Ronnie? Mitchell. Yeah, Ronnie Mitchell Manley. Oh my God, this. I've know? always thought it's funny that Ronnie isn't short for. It's not <laughs> like for me. It's not short for Ronald or. It's just Ronnie. I. That is so cool. And it's also you were born to be a musician, Ronnie Mitchell Manley. Yeah, it's pretty pretty badass i think how long have we known each other yeah for a long time for like over 15 years and i didn't know mitchell was your middle name that's crazy i was gonna think that it started with a j but nope it doesn't j is always the good middle initial to guess so mitchell j mainly yeah exactly or or just guess someone's middle name is eugene that's another one of my favorite (laughs) go-to jokes eugene is that mine amy eugene right exactly especially like yeah yeah because mine's vague i had to put my middle initial and stuff yeah yeah yours is definitely uh uh gender neutral middle name so it works yeah it works for mark and me yeah (laughs) all right so sad songs let's just we're gonna feel some feels today yeah let's let's experience it you know we're all we've all been there and we've all gotten to the other side of it yep let's just dive right on in cool what'd you bring so I'm going to start us off with the saddest of sad, Vince Gill, When I Call Your Name. Oh, your love has ended, but mine still remains. But nobody answers when I Driving me 
Vince Gill just sings directly into my soul. Like Obviously, the lyrics of this one are sad enough about a man who spends his whole day thinking of his lady, but he rushes home from work to an empty house and a note on the table that says she's gone. And the chorus talks about that lonely sound of the voice echoing you know, off the walls as he's calling out for her and nobody answers when he calls her name. But then even on top of the lyrics, those mournful harmonies are just untouchable. The chorus has his lead vocal, a middle harmony, and a high harmony. And Vince Gill's known for those high, lonesome bluegrass harmonies. But the real key to the chorus is that middle harmony. Uh, in the line, he says, just like rain, the tears keep falling. Mm-hmm. And that middle harmony shift notes just slightly on the word tears. And then the other two harmonies are holding the same note. And it makes this just really sorrowful movement, almost like a pedal steel guitar, mm-hmm. where like you're bending one note of a chord. It's just so sad and glorious, and Vince Gill just sings like an angel. Yeah. Uh, well, that's a theory that they have with them. Um, who's that girl who always does the really sad songs? She's British. Um, some Fire, rain, something. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't remember. I'll remember later. Uh, set fire to the rain. Oh, Adele. Yeah, she bends those middle notes, right? She well, I'm talking about like in the chord, so uh-huh. within the harmony. But she she bends into notes when she okay. sings in a really cool way. Definitely that, something that I've noticed. Yeah, okay. yeah, like they say that that's how she like gets the sorrow in there. Right. Yeah. I just got the bending part right, but not the well, actual part. Y- of the music. Yeah, it's all good though. Y- yeah, you're you're onto something. Yeah. This this song hurts. Yeah, it does it hurt. It really hurts. And I don't know much of Vince Gill because my family was not really super into country during this like late 80s, early 90s time. Mm-hmm. And I had uh, lumped him in with the boot scooting crew. And I'm sad that I did that because this one has this like same lonesomeness that Hank Williams Sr. pulls with like his uh, I'm so lonesome I could Yeah, exactly. And it's just he's almost wailing with sadness, but, you know, musically and uh, wow. Good opener. Yeah, I (laughs) mean, as as far as sad songs, it's. Uh, yeah. I think it's a winner, right? I mean, yeah, it's winning in the sad department. Yeah. Um, I I don't think I really grasped, like, I don't know if I got as sad as you did. It's okay. Uh, I brought Amanda Palmer's Judy Bloom. You and me lying together at night in my room. You've been inside. Judy Bloom I couldn't carry tune But I thought I could sing content of the song is especially sad but there's this sadness of teen girls and the struggle of fighting against what society says we should do and seeing as uh, amanda palmer name check name checked deanie and deanie was my favorite judy bloom song uh i just 
I just loved it and I guess it reminded me like somewhat gawky and traditionally not necessarily the most accepted middle and high schooler. Like all those feels were really elicited from Amanda Palmer's. And I, I remember being pretty sad in middle and high school about stuff because, you know, that's what teenage girls mm -hmm. do. And, of course, like, Amanda Palmer's voice here evokes this, like, pleading sadness for making the world, like, better place for women and for, like, trying to just be yourself and be strong enough to, like, deal with stuff. And even though she's like, yeah, she's just going to lay down with some Judy Bloom and feel pretty sad. Yeah, I'm into that, though. Judy Bloom is definitely – she's – she was one of the first authors that even like in elementary school and like early middle school, you find the Judy Bloom books and they're kind of transgressive. And like, yeah. I remember she had cussing in her books and like also like some sexual themes pretty, mm -hmm. pretty early on, which I, I think is kind of important stuff. Are you there? God, it's me, Margaret. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And so, you know, as far as Amanda Palmer, I've only listened to random pieces and parts of her career. And I think I need to remedy that because I love this like descending chord arrangement and it kind of gives way to a phrase of hope major chords every once in a while and then drifts right back into that forlorn feel uh the production is what really gives a song the mood though like it starts with bare pianos and vocals very raw very vulnerable and then she adds in those like melancholy whistles which sound sad but also kind of resolute and accepting of the sadness and then two different organs slowly fade in and out and just climaxes into this chorus of voices and strings and organs and tubular bells just like creates this very cold, gloomy feel to the song. Yeah, I don't know. Very well arranged. I, I loved. I loved this one. I, every single Amanda Palmer song I come across, I'm like really impressed with, and I really should listen to more. But th I think this album just came out. And and not to not to go against the feminism that we were just talking <laughs> about, but and and to define her by her husband. But she's married to Neil Gaiman, which is yeah. pretty rad. Or we I should know. say Neil Gaiman's married to her, and that's pretty rad too. Yeah. He lucky. Yeah, That's he really is lucky it. for sure. Yeah, it's like, and I'm always fascinated because if you look up like Amanda Palmer and her eyebrows are constantly Yes, painting. yeah, it's fantastic. I was like, wait, does she have tattooed eyebrows? I'm like, no, 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 she just does She just has no eyebrows and does and just, whatever she wants every day. Yeah, and I'm like, I think she might have her eyebrows, right. but I don't know. But like, that's pretty, it was pretty rad. She's styling. Arti yeah, artistically really cool. Uh, Ear Buddies came in with all the sad feels. Yeah, we had some good ones this yeah, week. Yeah, lots of good stories. We had a lot of sad sacks in this group. <laughs> I know. Everybody hold it together. Uh, David H. brings Neutral Milk Hotel's O'Comely. The father made fetuses with flesh-licking ladies while you and your mother were asleep in the trailer park. Thunderous sparks from the dark of the stadiums, the music and medicine you needed for comforting. So make all your fat, fleshy fingers to moving and pluck all your silly strings and bend all your notes for me. And soft, silly music is meaningful magical the movements were beautiful all in your ovaries all of them milking with green fleshy flowers while powerful pistons were sugary sweet machines smelling of semen all under the garden David H. says this song, this album, really. For me, it's like a biography of my relationships or lack thereof with my family. Even the realization you come to as a child of what happened to Anne Frank, it's all there. I still can't make it through this album without tearing up. So good. 
I was like, I know for sure that Craig loves Neutral Milk Hotel. Like, Craig of, um, you know, we've had him on in the past mm-hmm. and stuff, and he's definitely always arguing for Neutral Milk Hotel. Uh, this reminds me of all the things I love about the sad songs of the Decemberist. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned the Decemberists. I didn't want to, like, <laughs> pigeonhole them, but this song especially reminds me of the Decemberists. Yeah, it's like the vocal quality, and um, I've, I just have always found it hard to delve into him, but this is, like, a good, like, entry point for me. Uh, the singer is pretty raw with the feels and kind of that, um, I don't know what he's doing with his voice, but <laughs> it makes it sound kind of sad. And some of the lyrics are hard to follow, but dang your father made fetuses with flesh-licking ladies while you and your mother were asleep in the trailer park. It's pretty straight to the yeah, point, and just pretty straight, cutting. Yeah, pretty cutting and depressing and sad. So yeah, so I, I made it known early on, uh, in, in contrast to Craig, that Neutral Milk Hotel wasn't exactly my jam, and I never really saw what all the hype was about. But this song actually holds a little tiny niche in my heart after watching your buddy Ben Ricketts perform it one night. Uh, and I did come to uh, enjoy the studio version of it, but there's just something absolutely mesmerizing about seeing someone perform this song in front of your face as opposed to just like listening to the recording. It's this epic eight-minute song, very minimal and hypnotic musically, and every bit of the emotion is coming from the vocal performance with those like really emotive and ambitious mo- uh, melody lines, and the energy starts out kind of subdued and very but very intentional, and it kind of crescendos into these really cathartic moments every few minutes. And the style and the character of the song shifts throughout because of the like instrumentation kind of shifting around, and it's just like that sort of unsettling mood pervades throughout the whole song. I really like the yeah. production value of this one, and like I said, it just starts out <laughs> in one place and it goes all over the place, but keeps this very particular mood the entire time, like kind of unsettling. Yeah, and I've got to say, like. I, I noticed that a lot of our sad songs this week are pretty long. Yeah. And I'm not one for going past that three minutes, but Amanda Palmer's song is like yeah. six and a half or almost seven minutes. I guess so. you're playing a, sl- a slow song, and so mm. it takes longer to get where you're going. Yeah. I think, maybe. Or maybe it's because like that unease of like sadness takes sure. a minute for us to hit. I don't know. Interesting theory I want to wonder about. Hmm. Jeremy H. of Nerd Out Loud and, you know, 10710 Network fame. Oh. Uh, he brought S. Carey's Brassy Son. In a drug day, in that sun gaze, in that glossy haze. And do I know? music is very on brand for me this is my current go-to though to me it's sad because when i first heard it it was the soundtrack to the morning after for an alcoholic that relapsed and woke up on the beach i deeply identify with the looming sense of what the fuck am i doing with my life and it gives me a lot of feelings Mm -hmm. um 
this is a very somber track lyrically and tonally is simple but also there's this musical repetition that really evokes anytime you have those thoughts swirling in your head and you're questioning yourself and you just like loop around and uh, around and around um definitely mulling stuff over and i can see why i likes it yeah this one this one really caught me by the feels uh again we have that very spacey vulnerable mood starting with just lone piano and reverb vocals and then and there's something about the vocals being double tracked where it's the same vocal melody on two different tracks but recorded separately as opposed to just like copying the first one you did and making a second one. Okay. Yeah, it's like somehow that doubled voice just makes it sound even more lonely maybe because it just sort of reinforces that isolation where the only company you have is yourself and the only voice you hear is your own. Like an echo in an empty room. Right. And then and then that second voice starts harmonizing which resolves some of that tension momentarily. But then about that time, this chorus of weird robotic voices chimes in in the background and mm-hmm. like creates an even deeper mood of like alienation and feeling dissociated from your hu- from your humanity as you're like singing along. Again, brilliant production here. I think most of these songs all share that common thread of uh, driving home the sadness and hopelessness by using the production trickery, like lots of reverb to make the voice sound alone in a big room and and like being based on a singular voice and a single instrument, re- reinforcing that isolation and using subtle harmonies and like additional instrumentation to sort of allude to the idea of other people in your life. Mm-hmm. Uh, but those harmonies often kind of drift back into nothing much like those other people. Uh, probably a, the perfect example of, of our theme. And, and I'm definitely adding this to my sad times playlist. This, <laughs> this is amazing. Well, this I know an incredible th- song. I think Jeremy said this was part of his sad, his sad man. Yeah. His playlist. Sad boy playlist. Yeah. Brian V. brings Modest Mouse edit the sad parts. Why are you judging people so damn hard? You're taking your point of view's a bit too far. I made my shoes to shine with black home, but the polish didn't shine. reasons this song hurts it takes me back in time as a late teen and this video is terrible and makes me sob every time this is very much teenage feels and i agree that the video makes me even sadder uh now to go into it it's people jumping off the golden Gate bridge over and over and over again or people trying to grab people off of the golden great uh, golden gate bridge and i remember like NPR kind of covered this like link uh, to suicides and people would just randomly they didn't want like they didn't go there to die but they would like get these feels and then just just jump off the edge yeah so like the call of the void right there's like something about the Golden Gate Bridge I think they've put some precautions they certainly have (laughs) yes um but yeah this this is very much like the uh, this song is like the cynicism that leads to the bad feelings and kind of the self 
self-propelling sadness that can happen in one's own head or at least that's what i got from the song and then yes as a the video is pretty terrible so it's hard to watch yeah, I didn't watch the video, and I don't. guess probably for good reason. Yeah, don't. Uh, Modest Mouse has some top-notch sad songs, especially earlier in their career. Songs like this one are Trailer Trash or Custom Concern, all very sad and very dejected in this perfect and undeniably relatable way. Uh, in this song especially, the sort of unpolished, amateurish guitar tones and Isaac Brock's raw, lispy croon just kind of makes it sound like someone just blurting out their feelings out of necessity with no regard to the result. Just like having that insatiable need to vent your feelings through the music. Yeah. You know, I think uh, it's very raw and, and genuine and authentic. You know, uh, that's something I, I learned to love about Modest Mouse. Yeah, I think that there are a few people who just say that they don't like Modest Mouse, but I think that they're maybe like the yeah. com- the confrontation with like feelings. Yeah, I think there's probably a, a level to that. Like I, said, it, I think I mentioned on last week's episode that Modest Mouse is one of those bands that I didn't like at first. And then uh, one of my friends who was super into Modest Mouse was like, listen to this song and then this song. <laughs> and I did. I listened to those two songs in the order that he told me. I was like, I get it now. Yeah, it makes sense now. So I, I, I love Modest Mouse. And I, I think they're coming. Or did they come to town? I think they already came through. It's hard because Zinnies, Zinnies is my informational. Right. What pants are, whatever the billboard says on top of Zinnies is how I know who's coming to town. Jonathan Scott brings Lucy Dacus's Night Shift. You've got a nine to five, so I'll take the night shift. And I'll never see you again if I can help it. In five years, I hope. The songs feel like covers Dedicated to new lovers You got a nine to five So I'll take the night shift And I'll says without going into too much detail let me just say i'm going through a lot of shit right now this song is absolutely devastating from the way the beginning outlines the reason for and process of breaking up to the crushing and cathartic ending this one made me cry in the car last week it yeah it can totally do that um that avoidance of like uh the avoidance life used to be my total jam yeah like I, I can relate so much to this song. Whenever I got hurt, I would just do everything in the world to avoid seeing the person that I associate my sadness with, which is definitely not the best way to cope, and I don't do that anymore. Great for positive growth. Yes. Um, but this song goes from such a simple song to this louder, fuzzy feeling, much like feelings have a way of compounding. The song gets like more and more kind of distorted in the background, so... God, this album is just brilliant. Uh, I always get a Joni, Joni Mitchell vibe from her vocal inflections, and I can tell that some of the songwriting takes cues from that sort of thing, but Lucy Dacus is definitely a world of her own, no matter what influences she's invoking. 
Uh, like most of the others, this one starts very subdued and vulnerable, with just one voice, one instrument, builds up this emotional energy, and then that fuzz guitar just kicks in and saddles you with that heaviness, you know, the heaviness of that energy. Mm-hmm. And then the bridge where she's just ad-libbing and vocalizing with no lyrics, it's just pure catharsis, singing, singing her soul. Mm-hmm. Uh, that part was just amazing. Uh, and unlike some of the other songs this week, this song actually ends with a little bit of a lift in tone and mood instead of like languishing entirely on the sadness. And I really appreciate a song that not only reflects that overarching emotional content, but leaves you with a little note of hope and resolve that you'll get past whatever's holding you down. You know, I'm long overdue to revisit this album. I listened to it, you know, a few months ago when John told me about it. Uh, so I urge all the ear buddies, go listen to this whole album. Uh, in fact, just befriend <laughs> John Scott, uh, and any music he posts is just going to be top notch. <laughs> I don't know. This song's like so deep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Frank E. brings Terry Jack's Season in the Sun. Goodbye, Papa. Please pray for me. I was the black sheep of the family. You tried to teach me right from wrong. Much wine and too much song Wonder how I got along Goodbye, Papa, it's hard to die When all the birds are singing in the sky Now that the spring is in the air Little children everywhere When you see them, I'll be there We had joy, we had fun, we had seasons The only song sadder than this one is the original French version. Um, this is the swingiest, most joyful sad song and probably had the Smiths on a run for poppy sad music. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. <laughs> uh, I'd listened to this song whenever it came on the radio as a child, but never noticed. It is an old one, right? Mm-hmm, yeah, absolutely. like I'm pretty sure I remember this. And I never noticed how sad this song was. It is like... It's pretty much looking back at your life while dying and how much you will miss everyone. Yeah. Like, bye, y'all. I'm sorry, but this sucks to die. And I'm that's what I got from it, my interpretation. But dang, they like low-key snuck in that depressing song on the oldie station. Yeah, absolutely. Just uh-huh. right under the radar with the sadness. Yeah, I was uh, like bebopping around like a happy little kid. Yeah, definitely uh, <laughs> the most upbeat and poppy musically, but lyrically doesn't get much sadder than this one. And I love that that juxtaposition in conjunction with like the the bittersweet nature of like cycles and seasons in life. Uh, you know, it's hard saying goodbye, whether it's to the people in your life or to a particular time in your life when things were good or to the experiences and influences that shape us into who we are. You know, inevitably, there's always a time when you have to move onward and that's never an easy time. But in the same way that we get that upbeat, upbeat poppy underpinning beneath the wistful lyrics here, we can we can count on uh, the fact that there's always something new and invigorating to be found in the future. And, uh, you know, new people, new relationships, new experiences, new seasons. Right. Yeah. Ah, but dang, I can't believe that they snuck that sucker in. I want I just wa- like a 25, 25 <laughs> last last week. Just like one super sad, like, yeah, you know, it's like oh, dystopian is- song. <laughs> I always thought this was such a happy song. And they're like, nope. It's the end of the world. Yep. Mankind is dying. So 
Michael F. rounds us out with the six and Sally Timms, Give Me Back My Dreams. Give me back my dreams. I've been counting these sheep since I song sounds so cool and i have no idea how they did it this is a torch song that is super relatable and you know just those nights of like laying there just that feeling sitting in your chest Mm -hmm. and uh it's like yeah you just want to sleep but that's not gonna happen then you're trying to talk yourself into thinking Mm -hmm. that you were over this person and just a loop a bad a bad loop of like that lonely feeling yeah so so the sixth is a project of a guy named stefan merritt uh, who's best known for his group Magnetic Fields. Which is much easier to say. Yeah. Uh, even, even though he doesn't sing a note in this song, I could have told you from the music alone <laughs> that this was Stefan Merritt. He had, he spent a lot of time as like a music director for stage shows, like Broadway shows and that sort of stuff. So his chord progressions are always very evocative and moving. And he has a knack for using like weird and unusual sounds to create something that's just undeniably beautiful. And this song is a perfect example of that. Uh, and then the vocals are from Sally Thames, who was in a band called the Mekons, who we featured once before. Um, she has a very authentic voice. It's a very pretty singing voice, but still has like a very genuine human element to it that makes it very real and very relatable. And then the lyrics, like every Stephen Merritt song, very subtle and subdued and brilliant. Uh, in this one, the narrator singing to a lost love that they'll, you know, that they'll always have her heart, but that she wants her dreams back because her lover continuously shows up in her dreams. So it's just a, a brilliant, beautiful song. So sad. Yeah. So sad. Hey, Amy, did we get any feedback? <laughs> no, we did not get any feedback. My brain spaced. We did not get any feedback this week, but if you want us to like mention any feedback, you can hit us up on the Twitchers on at EODPod. <laughs> <laughs> I'm at Pal I Gotcha. And I'm at Madam Woolite. I should always have razor sharp focus. Um, now I'm turning bright red. Uh, Facebook, you can always check out all the amazing songs and how everything gets built. Earbuds and Earworms podcast group. And the voicemail line is 731-400-BUDS or 731-400-2837. Zero zero <laughs> you can email the show at endpod at gmail.com you know when you get really nervous Amy's just unraveling right (laughs) now I love it we just had all the sad songs and so apparently this is my response to all the sad songs Um, you can always check us out (laughs) you can't take it you can always check us out at endpod.com part of the 1017 network on the internet (laughs) what sad song are you going to leave us with (laughs) <laughs> all right so 
the song I'm going to leave us with uh, is actually from Magnetic Fields. Yay! Uh, so yeah, I'm going to bend the rules a little bit, but I just can't help it with this one. Our, our last year buddy was a Stefan Merritt project called The Sixth. Had the guest vocalist on it. Uh, but Stefan Merritt is arguably best known for this project called Magnetic Fields. Uh, and in this song, he does do the singing himself. Uh, back in 1999, Magnetic Fields put out an album called 69 Love Songs. And it's exactly that. Three discs, 69 <laughs> songs, all based around the... Uh, so yeah, 69 songs all based around the various aspects of love from like falling in love, unrequited infatuation, poetic love, erotic love, and especially losing love. You know, his lyrics honestly just unparalleled in the sad bastard department. And believe me, I've heard some heavy hitters as far as sad bastards, but Stefan Merritt is the saddest. Uh, this song has one of my favorite lines of any song ever. He's singing about like the beautiful cosmological imagery that we often use to describe love, like someone being your sun or your moon and the stars, you know. Uh, but there's a line in here that's the moon to whom the poet's croon has given up and died. Astronomy will have to be revised. Aww. Yeah, I just love that line that like the person he saw as his moon has abandoned him. And now the entirety of astronomy has to be revised to account for the absence of the moon. That's just so brilliant. Oh, so, man. yeah, I'm going to leave us with Magnetic Fields. And the song is called I Don't Believe in the Sun. They say there's a sun in the sky. But me, I can't imagine why. There might have been one before you were gone. But now all I see is the night. So I don't believe in the sun. How 